Hello and welcome to our viewers on CruxInvestor.com and also to our listeners on CruxCast, our new podcast series. We're here today with Patrick Downey. He's the CEO of Orzone. How are you, Patrick? Good. Very well, in fact. Fantastic. You're over here in London? Yes. What are you doing? Well, we're actually telling the story. We're right in the middle of um, construction on the project. Uh, we're um, meeting investors here talking to some of our existing investors, some new investors. Um, we're also looking at talking to some of the, the banking groups here, you know, on the, on the debt side. We're going into that stage in the next six, eight months. So keeping them up to date with the project. So it's really just an information session. Right, for okay. So why don't you give us two, three minutes on the company and then we can kind of get into that. Uh, Orzone, based in Burkina Faso, um, we're, we're on the TSX Venture Exchange. Uh, most of the guys who've uh, worked with the company, we've been long history of success with developing uh, and sometimes selling, merging projects, sometimes building them. Uh, it just really depends. The project is in the advanced stage. We're um, building the oxide project, which is a very simple free dig, no drill and blast, no explosives, no crushing, very simple project. And um, we're going to release an updated feasibility study in June of this year, right. which will incorporate the high-grade sulfides, which is the harder rock beneath yep. the oxides, which will add about another 700,000 ounces of recovered gold. So a very robust uh, project. We're doing it in stages in that way because it's less capital intensive, so mm. we don't have to raise two, three hundred million dollars, which for a junior is extremely difficult. And um, it's also uh, it mitigates the risk in terms of the development of the project. So it's a it's a two sort of a stage type. type right. Of so why don't you tell us a little bit about Burkina Faso? Because obviously, not many people know much about gold in West Africa. It's a very prolific area. You know, yes. what body so, are you in? So uh, Burkina is yes. In, in the past ten years, they've built twelve mines. There's two more being built right now. One about eight kilometers from us, yeah. uh, in the same district. Um, great jurisdiction from a mining point of view. From our point of view, what I've seen is really a lot of the skill sets that if you're going into a more development side, side of country like Africa, you have to bring in a lot of expats. Now in Burkina, maybe 2% of your workforce will right. be expats. So a lot of the guys, the accountants, the lawyers, the metallurgists, the geologists are all local people. Yeah. Uh, infrastructure, it's landlocked, so um, logistics is always something. So explain to people where you are. Right in the middle of West Africa. So we're north of Ghana, we're east of Mali, we're so east and south of Mali, and we're west of Niger. So you're on that perfect, like, like greenstone yes, belt, that's, yeah, the tip of it anyway. There's two major greenstone belts run through us. Um, so we're on the sort of more eastern one. Yeah. Um, quite prolific from the point of view of, of um, uh, Assets are, you know, sort of world-class size assets. So tell us about that. What are, the, what are the names? What are the resources? Well, right beside us, I mean, we've got West African. Um, so I would say if you drew an arc of 10 kilometers, there's three deposits. One's owned by B2 Gold, one by West African, and then ourselves. There'd be 10 to 14 million ounces right there, which in Nevada, that would be a district. Mm. Uh, just to the north of us is Bisa, which has been going for... Mm, 15 years, about 130, 140,000 ounces a year, very prolific one. And then just further north in the same belt would be Essekan, 
which is 300,000 ounces a year, been going for 10 years, right. got about another 15 years of mine life. So you you're, you're seeing those sort of world-class type of deposits. And a lot of developers there too as well, so building out their resource like you guys. Yes, right. we've got, you know, you've got um, uh, Endeavor very um, ensconced in the country, you've got Semifo there, you've got um, uh, Rocks Gold, which are a junior, yeah. very successful junior. And then there's lots of smaller exploration companies in the area. Some of them have been just been bought up. Um, some of them have just bought up one beside them. Uh, Orbis Gold was about six hours to the east of us. It just got bought about four years ago and built by Semaphore. Yeah, so the, the, there's a lot of activity in the area. It's yeah. very prolific. Very prolific. Got it, so we can tick that box. Now, tell us a little bit about the team very quickly. Well, is there a relevant experience to what you're trying to do? So the um, general manager in country was the general manager of Rocks Gold, so he right. built the Rocks Gold team. Myself, um, I've been 35 years in the mining business, um, you know, built a number of projects in Africa, uh, but also developed a number of projects, probably more well known for Viceroy, where we had a project in Argentina, sold it to Yamana. Um, then um, had an, a, num a project in um, Brazil, which we sold to Valley for it's been built and up and running. That was an $800 million investment that was very successful. I had recently sort of stepped out of the business, retired. I was on boards and uh, Dalradian, which was yeah. uh, in, in uh, the north of Ireland, yeah. just been bought by a private equity company, uh, Claude, which was just bought by Silver Standard, and Victoria Gold, which has now been built in northern Canada. I stepped into this project because I re really saw an opportunity to fix something. Mm. And I, you know, I thought it was being pushed and developed in the wrong way, took it over brought in a, in a couple of guys that I've worked with in the past on the management side and now we're developing. So tell me about that. So that's really interesting to me. So you've identified mm -hmm. an asset where you think, well, that could be working more efficiently. Okay. Yeah. So what, are, what were the things that were wrong and well, what are you doing to fix the, it? They had a, a complicated flow sheet that we thought we could simplify, which we've done. Their, their capital at the time was about 260 million. We brought it down to 140, so there's 120 million. Yeah. Uh, of the same uh, uh, sort of production profile. That caught the attention of a number of these uh, very mining-focused private equity groups. And then so when, when was this? This was about a year and a half ago. Right, okay. And one of them came in, it's a resource capital fund, probably one of the preeminent, yeah, yeah, RCF, one of the preeminent mining groups. And they stepped in and put in $35 million into Which the Which is what in percentage? They own 19.9. Right. And they're very supportive shareholder. And very technical. Very technical. Eight, eight weeks of yeah. due diligence. You it got would, there. We, yeah. No, no, we were very comfortable we would get right. there. We were happy they did the due diligence because it's that seal of approval. Um, they, they then become a partner with you. It's been a very, very productive relationship with us. They have a good technical team. We bounce ideas off of them. Sometimes when you've got consultants and they've got a, oh, we have to do it this way, and I'm going, well, maybe not. Hmm. You know, we, we bring a RCF in as a, as a group that does a review for us and with us alongside us. So right, because this might be time to talk about some of the other numbers involved in terms of market cap, et cetera. Yeah, well, so we're, we're market cap right now is about 100 million. Um, I think there's been a bit of a downdraft in the junior stock. One of the things that's affected us, I mean, as we took over the management of the company, we let a number of key guys go. They had a lot of options, so they're selling them now. We know they are. 
um, but we're happy to pick them up. But that's been a bit of selling pressure on us. But the key to having an RCF there, they don't worry about the short-term share price. I do, my job, but they look at it and say, look, we love the project, we know it's a mine, we're behind you all the way, um, we're here for eight to 10 years, mm. it's gonna get done, don't so, worry. So that's, that's the market cap, we, we know you've got some cash, gives you some optionality mm. in terms of choices. Um, how, how many more institutional players are there in terms of percentage held and, what, and what's retail? We've got a fairly big concentrated institutional shareholding, that's always generally been the way with me, institutions will step in. Um, VanEck, which is not the VanEck fund, it's actually, yeah. you know, the um, group itself, they own about 6%. They bought in the market at the same time as RCF did. We've got another big fund out of New York called Equinox, they own mm -hmm. 11, and Sun Valley own 13, 14%, another very, very technical right. uh, uh, American mining fund. Right, so, okay, okay. so that's, that's interesting. So. You, but you're here in London. Yeah. You're telling a story to institutions here as well. Mm -hmm. uh, are you going after the retail audience as well? I mean, how does that affect the mm -hmm. liquidity volume trade? I think the retail market is something that is extremely important. We have a decent retail market in, mm -hmm. in North America, North but America, we really right. need to build it over here and other places because when you look at a junior company, particularly today, the passive funds don't pick us up. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's got to be the generalists, and it's got to be guys who understand it. The retail people who see value, they are the guys who really we want to attract to this story. So if the, if the retail investor who are very um, diligent about this, if they look at who's buying the stock on the retail side, it's management. Okay. Me, my chairman, my VP corporate development. Yeah, we've seen your, your so we, we, you're yeah. we are active because we know what we're, what we're building here. Right, okay, so I, that leads me to ask, I've got to ask, what would you have done differently last year, looking back? Maybe done a bit, you know, we, we, we got a little complete, when RCF come on, okay, we've got to focus on this, I, and we did, and we had to put the right team together. I think I would have been a bit more proactive in the, in the retail market, and I probably would have brought a few more guys into the, into the story. There was an opportunity to do it then. What, more guys, strategic investors? Yes, or strategic more, investors, right, okay. yeah. Right. In terms of what, you can't bring another RCF in. So when you say strategic, you mean what? Well, you can't bring another RCF in, but there are groups who will come in along. But when RCF come in, there are groups of people who go, oh, if they're in, I want it. E.g. Van Eck, et cetera. Correct. Right. Okay. And they would have taken maybe a bit more at the time. We're very well financed, but mm. I think that um, it, it would have been maybe a bit, you know, not prudent, but I mean, good to bring in another 10 or $20 million. And it, you know, from a point of view of where is the market today, you know, it, you'd have less worries on, on that regard. So mm. that would be the only thing. But I think that we also probably needed to get our story out to the to the retail side of things a bit stronger. Well, I mean, yeah, true. But I guess this leads to my next question, which is you've got to get that balance between running the company and all mitigating all that risk, mm -hmm. all the moving parts, and driving share price, because mm -hmm. ultimately that's what you're judged on, Correct. right? And it's probably how you're remunerated. So yeah, there's a lot going on there. So how do you get that balance? You know, how do you get that focus? I think we, we definitely looked at how we were gonna make sure that we had de-risked the project. I mean, we're a very technical team of people. Mm. We've um, been involved with a lot of successes. We, even like when we have sold projects, 
everybody who you know the the, the Yamanas who bought it, the the Silvers, they, they're all been very complimentary about how good the project was. At the end of the day, they've all done well. Mm. If shareholders stuck with it, they did well. So we really bared down on de-risking the project. Mm. Um, we. In country, we spent a lot of time. You know, there's, you know, when you're in Africa, particularly in mining jurisdictions like Burkina and Ghana, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you have to move people. Yep. You have to do it right. You have to do all that corporate social side right. Yep. We um, we ensure that we had that on track. That 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 everybody understood the game plan, understood how we were going to do it. You know, we you know, most people just start building the houses and get going and move people out. We took it as okay, we're going to build some. We're going to show you exactly what we're going to give you. Mm -hmm. Everybody was over the moon about the type of houses that we were building. So that social license just kept building and building. So we've de-risked all of that, no. and I think I'm I'm very happy that we've done that. Yeah, I mean that's got to help with the minister of mines and yeah, and they're actually yeah. going to do an official opening of the wrap, which is quite yeah. unusual this week for us. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Gold. I love it. It's we, we, we all love gold, but the price this year, it hasn't reacted the way it normally would under normal circumstances. It's it's been, um, it's not it's not come up as much as people thought it would this year, given what's going on in the world. What's going on? Well, if I knew that, I would sit home and trade gold all day, but um, look, Everything's got a cycle in life. I mean, you know, the the um, the gold price is a little bit range-bound with the U.S. dollar. But if you look at the stock markets in the world, you look at what's happening. There's got to be it. It can't continue to go to the moon. It's not going to happen. If you look at the risk out there with currencies, you know, mm. where is your best bet? You have to own gold. You just it's always been true. It always will continue to be true. That's the safe haven argument, right? Yes, and that safe haven argument will always have a. But does that does that apply more in India, Far East, than it does in North America, Europe? If I was in Europe, I would be winning gold. <laughs> we, That's we, just. We, we thank you, Theresa May. <laughs> With that, yes, correct. And um, okay. I would be owning gold. And right. um, why'd you say that? Well, how do you value the euro currency? I mean. It's Really, difficult. How do, you, how do you value the dollar? I mean, they're over a trillion in debt. Come on, correct. Trillion a in trillion debt, in debt. So much of that is owned by, correct, other countries. Yeah, yeah. If things start to go dif difficult, well, Russia have been dumping. Well, and US will treasuries. do, and will and do, and uh, they will do. Um, if you look at what happened with quant quantitative easing, where has yeah. that gone? Yeah, it's. You know, when, when you're issuing debt and buying it back for yourself, it's going yeah, to collapse yeah, at some I mean, point. I, I, the, the Fed has some questions to answer about the policy, but again, it doesn't seem to have made things move the way it would have done, you know, ten years ago. Yeah, I, I, I still think that that the fundamentals of what was happening ten years ago still exist today, and um, eventually that will turn. I mean, it, it will turn fast. I mean, look, the secret in commodities is if you want to sell high. You gotta buy low, right? And you're um, going with that argument. You're saying this is the right time. Markets at at, at or near a bottom. It's values it, right now. Correct. And and if you look across the sector in in commodities, that's where it's at, particularly in gold. And you know, you look at other th equities in the world, etc. 
they're all at all-time highs. Well, I, th I think uranium would argue with you. No, no, <laughs> I'm talking about all-time other equity, not 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 commodities. Oh, equity. All, all, right. yeah, okay. Look, okay. Look at where Sorry. they're at. Look at where the, look at where the 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 you know the the world equity market. I mean, it's got a turn. So we're at a, at a low. If you're smart in this business, we don't all make money by buying high. We make money by looking at the fundamentals, yep. looking at the price and going, I'll buy now. Because we're, we're, maybe I have to wait a year, but I'm going to make money doing it. We're all long-term, long-hold contrarians at heart. But re always remember, take some money off the table. When it gets high, take some money. Say, big, bigger question say, on, on that topic, which is, you know, do you think mining is still a relevant investment class? Has to be. Where does everything come from the, in, in the world? Cell phones, Walmart goods, mm. Amazon. Yep. You either grow it yep. or you mine it. Right. It does not come from anywhere else. All these l lovely teenagers who don't want mining mm. and they're on their cell phones, that satellite that's in the sky, God didn't put it there as far as I know. I think it was <laughs> launched up there. Everything you have, and the world is not getting smaller, mm. it's getting bigger. Population is growing. Yeah, Everybody no, wants everything. Eventually, we will have to but, pay but the do you price. Think, do you think mining's done a good job? Do you think you've done a good job at explaining to people why these commodities are essential for our way of life? I think it's with a certain audience, they listen. With another younger audience, they tend to think that it's a dirty word, and um, which is really, really frustrating. I mean, I've been in the mining business 35 years. I would not have a different career. I, the, 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 the changes that you make in people's lives, the infrastructure that you introduce to countries, the, the, you, know, you know, done right by the right people, it is one of the most satisfying and rewarding businesses in the world. And you change people's lives, their education, their healthcare, their infrastructure, mm. everything about it is a, is a better way of life. And uh, have we done a good job of selling that? We're doing a better job, but I think we could do more. We could do more about what truly is driving the world. Right. It's a big topic. A Probably one topic. for another, another time, because mm -hmm. I'm not sure too many people understand how to communicate to the marketplace. But let's, let's, let's come back to the company. So um, you've, you've got a, a great institutional investor base, I'm hearing. You mm. want to drive that mess the, the, the message out to a new mm. retail audience. You've got some in this North America. You're looking at North, well, Europe, UK, Europe, North mm. Europe, um, as a you know, supplement to that re retail base. Yep. What's your message to them? Why you versus the next gold company? I think with us is number one, it's the team of people that track record in the business. How, mm. how you know, we, we are generally pretty good guys at picking projects and developing them. We put our money where our mouth is. We always go with our with our shareholders. It's not mm. we're not doing this because we we're pulling a big wage. We're doing this because we are equity holders. Mm -hmm. uh, the big one from my point of view is looking at the risk. Is you know there's hundreds of thousands of meters of drilling done on this. Uh, we've um, de-risked it from a geological point of view. It's a very simple mine plan. It's the the um, oxides average depth of the pits is 45 meters, very shallow, uh, free milling. 
great jurisdiction from the point of view of developing minds, so no po that political risk of, is, are the government going to do this? There's always yeah. risk in Africa, there's, yeah. uh, there's risk in Burkina, um, but uh, you know, there's risk all over the world, but the, um, the technical risk is low, it's not a huge capex, so you look at people who are developing a project mm. that's going to take five, six hundred million, where are you going to get the money from? You're yeah, going to need a partner. True, true, true. So we, we, we look at it and say, low risk uh, from a technical point of view, very technical team behind it, a great shareholder base, including one of the biggest mining funds in the mm. world behind it. Um, short time frame to production. This is not a, you know, there's no exploration risk here. Mm. Um, so, you know, the, and then you get the re-rating when you get to production. For sure, for sure. But I mean, but I guess, do you feel that you're suffering from the Africa discount syndrome at the moment? Yep. What, what stage do you need to get to when that discount goes away? Great question. I think that you have to get it to the point where your, your finance is in place. That takes right. one, a big- Finance for what? To build. Build, okay. So you, that, that's a de-risk and it definitely helps. Then you're in the once you're in the build stage, I personally think, um, if I was looking at this, that that West Africa is absolutely ripe for consolidation, and you can see guys nice moving question. moving in that yeah. direction. Yeah, Endeavour have done a, did a fantastic job of it four or five years ago. Yeah. They were in the same stage as we were. The, their their price per nav was 0.4. Now it's one. Mm. Uh, why did they get it? They executed and, and they did it well. There's five, six single asset mining companies out there. Mm. It's got to happen. So is that is that the game plan? Is that would that be, you can't say that? You get, you no, 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 no. It's, it's never it's never so. the game plan. I mean, but my job it's going to happen. My job as the CEO of the company is to ensure my shareholders get full value for their investment. Right. Is that by building? Is that by selling? We'll determine that at the time. Um, what I won't do is uh, look at executing on a, on a transaction before we have the sulfide update in the market. Once people know the true value, the, the interest in the project I know will grow, we'll decide then is it best to, to allow someone else to build it with their cheaper cost of capital yeah. or is it still best for us to build it? We make that. We, Make that call We're pretty savvy the, guys. We, we know how to. We'll, we'll do that at the Been there, done it before. Well, look, yeah. uh, Patrick, thanks very much for your time today. Loved hearing that story. It's new to us and our uh, viewers. So uh, do stay in touch. Will do. We'll Thank you. you. Soon. All right. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you want to see more insightful, in depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.